Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. We can, let's, that wait, what about the slurs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you start recording? Uh, yes, hello. I love uh, when podcasts do that. It's, so it's awesome. true. Hello, and welcome to uh, Have a Fun Podcast <laughs> with your host. I feel like it's like a bloomer's reel already. <laughs> I know. Uh, Jason, uh, we are a little lazy with our microphones today, so um, it's not our usual beautiful quality. Um, but that, that doesn't mean we don't have beautiful quality guests. I'm yeah. joined by my regular co-host, Allison. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Allison. What are you drinking today? It's uh, Gertzmeiner from Kiona, from Jason's hometown, yeah, in eastern Washington. I know. And uh, I am drinking uh, a hard blackberry cider from Atlas Cider Company. Mm-hmm. That our guests, Megan and Chris, so lovingly brought over. It's true. We have some repeat guests uh, over. Megan and Chris, thanks Hi. for coming. Hello. Oh, yeah. Um, I invited us over, so... Yeah. <laughs> no, we're very... We are, I should say, super excited when people invite themselves over, because I feel like we often are on the planning end of things, mm-hmm. and sometimes that gets exhausting, of, like, oh, we yeah. want other people to invite themselves over or suggest things so that we can join in instead of feeling like we're peer pressuring people into socializing with us. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And with the limitations of yeah. having a toddler now. Oof. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so we were just before we started in res about the movie going experience. And so you were talking a little bit about, um, what will we get out, get in? Oh, breaking it. Breaking, breaking in. out. Breaking was it, in. Was it called get out? No, get out's a different movie. Okay. Breaking in. I Thing. It was a Gabrielle Union one, but basically we're also talking then about like people laughing at inappropriate times mm-hmm. and movies, and Chris guffawed numerous times at Crazy Rich Asians, which I expected because I've seen a lot of movies with you and know like your sense of humor, yeah. but it like it wasn't even at appropriate time. Like I can't even I can't remember what one of the scenes were was. What well, what in general did you enjoy? about Crazy Rich Asians. Did it take you by surprise that you enjoyed it so much, or...? Well, I didn't actually, so I, I enjoyed <laughs> it... I mean enjoy. Yeah, oh. I enjoyed it a medium amount. Oh, okay. Um, I would say, how would I describe it? It had beautiful Asian people in it. Yes. Um, it was money porn. Everyone likes mm-hmm. money porn. Um, every, otherwise, it was kind of lacking, right? I mean, the... The depth of the main male character was non-existent. He was just perfect, the perfect guy. He said the the perfect uh, bland blanket statement thing that every woman in the audience could project herself onto. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of chick flicks, it was I don't know. It was maybe just as bad as the Notebook. I mean, I'm squinting my eyes and. I don't think it's quite as bad as The Notebook, uh, because it definitely goes out. The Notebook is very white person, rom, romantic drama, movie normative. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Crazy Rich Asians, although still is in the subset of like romantic comedy and follows that general structure, is a little bit of an outlier 
or not even a little bit, is a general outlier in a few different ways that makes it an exception. So I would say overall it's better than the notebook in that it pushes boundaries a little bit or pushes the norm. I w- Socially, it was more important. I would mm-hmm. I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of movie, like cinematic uh, quality, like... I can't like for me that doesn't register in the cinematic mm-hmm. quality scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I also think that like like I definitely enjoyed watching The Notebook the first time around, and but I was not like oh what a great romantic love story you know yeah, kind of yeah. like bullshit. I was like this is this is a good movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't want to watch it again. And like, Crazy Rotations, I I wanted to like more, same way like I read the book and I wanted to mm-hmm. like it more. And I'm just like, I think it's because there's like no real character depth, like with the main characters. Like, yeah, think, yeah. There is a lot more, especially like when you get into like with the, his mom or like mm-hmm. other family, like or more mm-hmm. cult- cultural things that are like dictating, but it just felt very yeah. surface level, which is why I never read the other yeah, two. Yeah. And with this movie, I, for the most part, I agree with Chris of like, like, um, Rachel could just do so much better than Nick, right? Like, what yeah. does he, like, we don't know what he does. Like, mm-hmm. and she's this econ- ec- economics professor, like, has her shit together and is dating some pretty rich boy. Like, that didn't seem, mm-hmm. like, that part didn't seem plausible, plausible. to me. Yeah. Like, I can't remember from the book, like, if he had any more backstory. Yeah, Which- I agree that he was a very two-dimensional, bland character. Uh, and I feel like, Jason, you said that in the book he was slightly more developed. I would say he was a little bit more, like, he was a professor, too, in the books that uh, okay. I feel like is not even mentioned. And that's how, like, they met and things like that. And there was a little bit, just because, kind of like Game of Thrones, like, each chapter is usually specifically from someone's point of view. So you're in his head a little bit, so that helpful. I definitely agree he was a very bland character, um, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I didn't like it either. I didn't like how Blandy was. But at the same time, I enjoyed it being a female-focused movie of, like, here are these very strong women. Oh, like Kind of bland male characters Mm -hmm. that don't add to the enjoyment of the movie. But, uh, and I I thought Rachel, yeah. I was slightly disappointed in Rachel's character because I feel like her background, the way they set it up in the beginning of her you know, this game theory, I feel like there could have been more depth of her in the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. and they could have developed her more. Um, But I did really enjoy Eleanor, the um, mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I almost, I know the story wasn't about her, but I wanted to know more about her because she seemed very, like, three-dimensional character, Mm -hmm. very, like, strong and you know, what's her backstory? Uh, so I enjoyed her character quite a bit. Yeah. I definitely, like, there was, like, I heard about people who, like, talked about feeling, like, really emotional while watching it, and I definitely think it was, obviously, it was more from Asian American people than white people talking yeah, about yeah. it. But I was, like, still slightly hoping that I was, like, maybe there's more story, like, or there's something, but I will say, like, at some point when, like, her, like, when her mom comes to visit her after, like, she's, mixed, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. in the fight... I definitely, like, started crying at that point. I was like, yeah. oh, this is just, like, so, like, however the mom got, like, I didn't think, mm-hmm. like, oh, he sent for her. I, I don't mm-hmm. even, I think I feel like Aquafina was, like, called her mom and was like, you need to come. And her mom was like, I'll be here yeah. immediately. Yeah. 
I don't know, but there's like something about like that scene. Like I really liked the relationship between Rachel and her mom mm-hmm. as well. Like I thought, yeah, like that was really well done too. Mm-hmm. But and I enjoyed that they didn't have this big dramatic moment where Rachel got really upset at her mom yeah. for hiding the truth. You know that their relationship was stronger and like yeah, they didn't need to have that moment. Uh, I enjoyed that. It didn't seem to push any new themes to, for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I realized that it was new seeing an Asian cast in you know um, abroad in Asia, um, and that it had female leads. But like the overarching story is kind of like a medieval fairy tale about you know an aristocratic wedding. Yeah. Right. And, and like and the difference is that now instead of like. Uh, aristocrats we have um, you know billionaires Mm -hmm. who are functionally the same Uh, and it's the same story of like you know the person not coming from the right background and blah 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 Um, I feel like and Jason chime in please I feel that as a white male the movie is not going to resonate with you or hold deeper meaning or have more meaning for you and so it's gonna come off as just like another bland romantic movie whereas if you're asian or female looking at strong female characters or looking at asians being represented that it holds deeper meaning for you or holds more meaning for you to see that on the screen and be able to identify with that but as a white male like there's not much in that movie for you i guess you know like to enjoy or identify with yeah i I would i would say that definitely the structure and like right they're dealing in some very artypical yeah like cinderella type stories and things like that and um i thought in in a way that when they really chose to like promote the story particularly that it gave it lent a really familiar structure for people who aren't very familiar with like Singapore, Asian layered culture. So like, but you like understood the movie because uh, it was a very similar type of thing, which I guess philosophically you can, you can ask like, what is a romantic, what do you expect out of a romantic comedy too? Like there's always that familiar structure about two people in conflict or like, will they, won't they? Or like, of course they will. Unless it's, (laughs) unless it's like the 1% of movies that don't. So, um, so I appreciate it. The romantic tragedy. (laughs) The romantic tragedy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Although, and then I guess like this also like because I so I watched uh, to all the boys, right? It's all the boys I loved. Is that what the title is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the title of it, but like, and I just sort of was thinking like I feel like it almost feels like we go through as like a country these like different minority groups get to have their time in the spotlight, and then we'll rotate to another one, mm-hmm. right? Like for the last few years, it's definitely been a lot more like African American films and like uh, like black stories and things and then it's like well we've had enough of that so like now like let's look at asian americans and i it could just be the timing of like both of these movies coming out in high profile ways but then it's like it's very like segmented versus let's have these things like intermixed and just come up as they do and just happen sort of naturally so that like we don't have to expect deeper meaning from an all-asian cast in a romantic comedy right like we just have to like can just be a romantic comedy Mm -hmm. you know like I don't know, but it's just yeah, I totally accept that premise. Yeah, and I and I'm agreeing that like it was a 
medium quality romantic comedy. Like, yeah, I, I think yeah. we can all agree <laughs> yeah. that it was a medium quality romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, let's pivot a little bit yeah. to... Um, sorry, Christian, be excluded a little bit here. From, to all the boys I've loved. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, which uh, I was excited to, to... And it's a Netflix Which is a Netflix film. film. About um, a mixed race Asian-American... Uh, high school student who from Portland-ish. Portland. Yeah, it was yeah, very confusing. Based on the house sizes, and we actually safety. looked it up, and it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's slightly near Salem oh, okay. in like Podunk Town, and it's nothing what it looks like in the film. Well, and yeah. it's yeah. Anyway, beyond the point. But from someone who spent a lot of time in Oregon. <laughs> was so false <laughs> uh, and was slightly aggravating but uh so she's a high school student who um likes many or has these letters to guys that get sent out that reveals her feelings for them and then hilarity and relationships and strife you know so yeah let's talk about, about that. that so yeah kind of this what you'd think would be a very typical teen rom com sex rom com setup mm-hmm. um but very much not so no. which was yeah. i think refreshing um uh, yeah first of all, it kind of had like yeah. a, a very similar plot line to so many other teen rom-coms but there is definitely some things that struck me as way different than normal but still very enjoyable on that i was like looking for that <laughs> classic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so I knew of the book before, and it's like three books, and the movie I realized mm-hmm. takes place in the, over the first two, so I was like, why well, don't I need to read any of these? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I'd always heard about them and, like, kind of followed, like, who the author was, but then, like, so I, like, vaguely knew what was happening. And I, so I just, like, oh, I'll just, like, start watching it, like, while I work out. Like, I need mm-hmm. some credit. And it's like, ten minutes in, I was like, no, like, I need to concentrate. Like, this movie has already, like, drawn me mm-hmm. in with just, like, the mm-hmm. relationships of the sisters and... Mm-hmm. So then I, one of my Saturday mornings, which I have my alone time, I sat and watched and just, like, had so many unexpected feelings. Yeah. Right? Like, I wasn't expecting to, like... What were those feelings? Yeah. I definitely, more. like, felt just, like, overwhelming, like, happiness, especially with the, like, father-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like one who doesn't love John Corbett, right? Like, yeah. So dreamy. He's, like, the classic <laughs> good-natured dad. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. like, you can't help but love Sally him. Sally Fischetta Water kind of reprising yeah. his My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Kind yeah. Of like, yeah. Oh, I'm just, whatever, let's roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, there's just something about that, and then, like, it wasn't typical of, like, like, it wasn't the girl falling for the guy and pining after him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he pines after her, and, yeah. like, she's a little oblivious. And I can, like, relate to the, like, sort of used to being invisible and mm-hmm. sort of oblivious to, like, other people around you. And then, mm-hmm. like, I don't mean, like, obviously the dead mom stuff, but there was just, there was something about, like, even though, like, how the mom is not, had passed away, and that movie's different than my situation, but there was just something about the, like, underlying of, like, the relationships you form and how their family is built like mm-hmm. after their mom is gone you know like the older sister who margo she was mona on pretty little liars so that's mm-hmm. how i remember mm-hmm. her but like taking over that like obvious maternal role and then mm-hmm. having to leave and like yeah i don't know it was very it definitely was one of those movies where i'm like well i'll just rewatch this right now like yeah yeah i don't know but yeah i think it goes back to like it's not what you expected it to mm-hmm. be and yeah yeah 
Do some, I, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I really enjoyed it because I think halfway through the movie, I was like, they're actually, they seem to be speaking like a teenager would. Yes. Because I feel like so many teenage movies elevate their language and they're talking like, like they're 30 year olds. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, having these emotions, but then articulating it way too well for a mm-hmm. teenager. Uh, and I felt like in this movie, I mean, there was some elevation of the language because it's scripted, but it seemed more true to life of what a teenager might say. And like mentioning things like, oh, you haven't Instagrammed about me or something like that. I was like, of course, that's what teenagers would do these days, I think. I assume. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, and, And so it just I appreciated that it felt more true um, mm-hmm. listening to it uh, than listening to like or when I watched American Beauty and I'm like who talks like that no one yeah <laughs> yeah it's plastic music yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um well were there parts that resonated to to either of you in terms of obviously Chris and I have not been teenage girls in high school so like were there parts that did that besides the the dialogue mm-hmm. feeling true or not as artificial? Did those types of situations or feelings did that any of that speak to you, either of you? Oh yeah, for sure. So I have reflected on this a lot, but <laughs> uh, definitely I think the like one the uh, idea of like being scared of romance in a relationship and like. Her underlying reasoning they allude to was different and more about, like, people you love will leave you sort of thing. But still the fear of, like, actually wanting a relationship. And I definitely had that fear in high school. And I think, like, part of it probably had to do with, like, a maturity level or things like that. But the other half is, like, I could think about this and, like, romanticize and be like, oh, in theory, I want all of these things. But then, like, to have some- someone had actually, like, been like, oh, I like you or do something mm-hmm. and be like, what? Like, mm-hmm. that's not what's going to happen. Like, it just, like, yeah. boggled my mind. I mean, like, to be fair, it's probably boggled my mind up until, like, Chris and I were serious on most of, like, this is what a relationship is or things like mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, definitely she was talking about, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then high school, for sure, like, I would have been terrified if I'd actually had a boyfriend or done yeah. anything. Nothing about her experience resonated <laughs> with me. I feel like... <laughs> There was nothing about her that seemed similar to me in any way at all. But I, I still enjoyed her experience. Like, I was like, how are you so oblivious to body language and just language? <laughs> like, how are you not? You seem so clueless. I don't know. Um, so there, there were some things that irritated me about <laughs> the movie. And uh, I do feel like sometimes the sister relationship, although I liked it, felt forced in ways like we're gonna make this cutesy moment of we're all hugging together i'm like when have you ever hugged all your siblings all together in like a cutesy moment i don't know that that's happened in a lot of families but uh i've only got the ones yeah um but i i did appreciate that there wasn't like a big drama with the parent you know yeah like he was just kind of like the eavesdropping, good-natured parent, and that there wasn't huge drama between the siblings, and there wasn't a physical fight that had to break out somewhere in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. that didn't need to happen. But there was still that, like, classic, how are all these high school students paying for an unchaperoned ski trip? Right? (laughs) 
Like, what? That does not seem real. Anyway, so there was definitely some flaws with the movie, but uh, I, I did appreciate a lot about it, even though I didn't uh, connect with the character all that much. So when you were growing up, did you have friends that maybe were more like that? Or is, is this just like totally alien? It was very alien. Like, okay. I, I just didn't connect with her character because she was like naturally naturally fashionable you yeah. know and that was definitely not me i had tapered <laughs> jeans until college until a roommate was like you need to stop wearing those like please uh, <laughs> and i really wanted a relationship and like constantly was on the lookout for any attention from you know flirting so i just seemed yeah it, it didn't it it her character in some ways I was like is that a real character so I'm glad you had that experience Megan because I was like who who is that girl like I don't recognize that girl in high school I will say she is I mean she's probably far more attractive than I am now but like in like I was probably rightfully so thinking Mm -hmm. like in obliviousness Mm -hmm. because like I was I mean Chris laughed you know very kindly at my old high school photos but like I was I was I was awkward for a very long time, so I definitely would have still thought like no one's paint like why would you be paying attention to me like I have yeah. self confidence and I'm wonderful but like I recognize what's happening here and this is just like not it and so I think that was also like part of the reason of like being scared because I wasn't if someone was ever flirting with me or talking no idea yeah no clue yeah but I think that. One of the main reasons, if only reason, Jason watched it was that it was a mixed race character, uh, Asian and white parents. Uh, And I I just, as a whole, appreciate that I'm seeing more media in general with mixed race couples Mm -hmm. and kids, that it's so much more visible now that hopefully as Wes gets older, like that is a very common thing to see we were very we were very excited you've probably seen the same billboard the Puyallup Fair billboard in the Skyway oh I mean we just saw it today today. okay maybe because the fair started it's in it's in Skyway of course where Megan and Chris live and don't give over that one it's okay (laughs) oh okay Sorry. It's fine. You're getting so famous people are mailing you things, so I'm okay. I didn't give your address away. But uh, there's a large billboard promoting the Washington State Fair. Um, and on the billboard, it's a family, a, a father and mom and child. And very normative, heteronormative. But um, the father is Asian and the wife is white and they're mixed race kid. Um, and Jason, like, I felt like he was going to break the car when he saw it. Because he was like, is that... A, 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 can I give away your acronym? For... Oh, it's not. Okay. It's, it's... Um, he was like, ah, mixed race couple and their kid. And I was just like, oh, what's happening? Because he was so excited about it. It is very exciting. Uh, I feel like we're an underserved family demographic. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would say as definitely not the target audience things i appreciated certain yes a different narrator or and i should say jason we want we started watching it and we got halfway through and then we wanted to go to sleep so jason was interested enough in it to finish the second half the next day which i think says a lot for a teen rom-com that jason normally would never watch 
I've, I mean, I've watched my fair share of teen rom-coms. <laughs> um, I would say the things that I appreciated about it was like, I felt like it was more a realistic depictions of like, uh, of like sex and talking about sex in yeah. high school versus like the, like mm, your American sad. pies, like where like yeah. everyone like is everyone's banging right type of thing. Yeah. So I thought that was really nice, and like how they discussed with her what what space was like, what yeah. their boundaries would be, and things like that in terms mm-hmm. of like a very weird healthy fake relationship. I thought that was really uh, like good and like empowering yeah. of her to like these are, these are the boundaries, these are the things I'm comfortable about mm-hmm. in terms of setting boundaries, like physical boundaries. So I thought that was really nice. Um, and then I think I was talking to you like. I like how they did really focused on their growing relationship as opposed to like trying to shoehorn in like a last minute love triangle. Yeah. With yeah. Josh. yeah. And I was, ex- I was expecting that. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. And where's the love triangle? It never yeah. happened. Yay. But then like that she could have an honest like conversation with her. Josh was that her yeah. time. Yeah. 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 That she could have an honest conversation with this third person that doesn't have to automatically be like, Oh, why aren't we, you know, in love yeah. and having sex and things like that? It was just more like, oh, well, you know, my yeah. feelings changed and we can still be really good friends. And that was great. It wasn't like a Twilight thing where they're fighting over her or something. Yeah. Like that. No, I definitely, I definitely expected her to like go for Josh for a little bit and realize it's wrong and then go back with Peter at the end. But I was like, yeah, it's really like, oh, good. We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is good. It was very refreshing. Yeah. And still engaging. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Despite straying from the norm, like, storyline that we're used to, it was very engaging still, I thought. Yeah, I was, I was about to, I think at the end I was like, oh, you know, like, mm-hmm. this is something where I feel like it's like a pretty good rom-com, and what Like, I we would, would let Wes watch it. I would watch let Wes it. watch it when he's, like, 12 or 13, as yeah. opposed yeah. to, like... American I'd probably be like, yeah. no. why are you, like, besides, like, the brief John Cho MILF moment, yes. <laughs> we should not be watching this film. This is not a healthy depiction of anything, and it's, it hasn't aged super well. So. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Generally, I enjoyed it. What about Superbad? Would you let him watch Superbad? No. <sighs> I mean, would he want to watch Superbad? I don't feel like... You're going to raise a better kid than that? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I feel like when he, was, when he was, like... <laughs> If he was 16, 17, yeah. sure. Like, I feel like you're old enough to watch that type of movie. Well, yeah, at that I point, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I definitely want. wouldn't. Like, it's funny. I enjoyed it when I saw it, but. It's true. I wouldn't say it's, like, a good thing to watch. And what a great segue into closing out this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I think, Allison, you and I have chatted about this, but mm-hmm. first R rated movie you saw in the movie theater. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, in the theater. Or if you can't remember that, like the memorable, like I'm too young to be watching this movie. Oh, I, I have that one. Okay, either one. Either one. I give you yeah. two choices here. Uh, so the first one I was too young to be watching was third grade, and I was at my friend Leslie's house. It's Not always, the Leslie always, we all know, but it's a different a sleepover, Leslie. Of course. And her mom thought that uh, Predaporte ready to wear. And it's this movie about like the modeling world, and one of Julia Roberts' very first movies. But like, there's a lot of topless scenes. I think. Maybe an abortion. I don't remember. Like, this was the only time I ever saw the movie was then. Yeah. And then, like, when my mom found out later, she was just, like, not happy, but, like, tried to, like, be chill. About it. It. Like, she could tell, like, I didn't really care or get the movie. Right, right, so, like, yeah. didn't want to make a big deal about it. But I was just like, okay. And then, you know. Yeah. 
I wanted to watch, we watched, uh, I think, Goodwill Hunting, and my aunt had to call my mom to make sure it was okay that I watched an R-rated movie mm-hmm. at her house. So, like, a lot of it was, like, my aunt calling my mom, being like, we're going to watch this R-rated movie. Is it okay yeah. for Megan to watch yeah. it? And so, yeah. Do you remember what yours was, Chris? I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to comment on those. Cause, okay. Um, so, Ready to Wear, I watched, I think it was in the theaters. But I remember I liked that movie a lot. <laughs> and I got the uh, soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, That's why you're married now, obviously. I might still have it. Um, and Good Will Hunting was like a hugely impactful movie for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that movie for sure. Uh, but the first one that really messed me up was uh, <laughs> Rising Sun. Oh. Was that Christian Bale? I don't no, know. you're thinking of Empire of the Rising oh, okay. Sun. Rising Sun has jo- based on John Grisham book. The right? John Grisham book. So that oh, one is yeah, that's I'm a, the right like movie. Wesley Snipes. I don't remember. I, so I was I saw this when I was in either third or fourth grade Hold at on, my friend's house, and the you know spoiler alert. Oh. Uh, the movie starts. I'm pretty sure it starts with a rape scene that turns into a, a murder. Um, because the the woman is like into getting choked, yeah. I think, and she may or may not be a prostitute. Like I don't remember all the details of the movie. Uh, yes, um, says it is a raw prostitute. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's the investigation of that murder is like most of the movie. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it was it was a really deeply troubling scene yes. to see. You know. Yes. Because you're you're excited about the sex as a as a nine year old boy or whatever. Came out in ninety three, so however old you that would have been nine. But so. I saw it on video, so yeah, You're excited about the sex, but then you are horrified with the murder. <laughs> <laughs> you're also not clear that it's sex when the guy's choking her. You're like, "What the hell's What's going, going on? on? What's going What's on?" That <laughs> so gotcha. that is freaky. I am upset at whoever let you wow, watch that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> uh, let me read you the description. When a prostitute is found dead in a Los Angeles skyscraper occupied by a large Japanese corporation, detectives John Connor, Sean Connery, and Webb Smith, Wesley Snipes, are called in to investigate. Although Connor has previous experience working in Japan, cultural differences make the progress difficult. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. those Japanese love murdering a lot more than <laughs> yeah, Americans. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, my first R-rated movie in the theater, I think I was 12 or 13, and my mom took me, I think we went with a few different people, and we saw True Lies. Oh! Uh, And it was amazing. (laughs) I just remember coming out of that movie being like, that was so crazy good, I loved it, everything about it was fantastic, and I don't think my mom maybe she'll correct me later, knew what was in that movie. Or, like, maybe she didn't even know it was R. Because she came out of it looking horrified that I was with her and, like, that I loved it so much. And I was like, Mom, when that comes out on video, we have to rent it from Blockbuster. Like, I need to see it again. And she was adamantly, like, shaking her head, like, no. And I'm pretty sure it was probably the Jamie Curtis strip scene yeah. that probably did it in a little, um, weird. Yeah. a little weird yeah but i loved it so much but i remember seeing clockwork orange <laughs> but i was in high school so i was like a little bit older uh but i remember being i feel like that movie oh yeah screwed me up 
Like, yeah. even though maybe I was old enough to see it, but I had nightmares for, like, a year, I swear. And, like, and, and now I can't, I, like, can't even see it. And I only watched maybe the first 15 minutes of the film before I, like, had to walk away because I was just freaking me out too much. All right, so True Lies came out in 1994, so you would have been 12. 12, yeah. In theaters. Yeah. And uh, Preda Porter came out in 94 as well. Oh. Uh, directed by Robert Altman. There we go. I, was, I thought it was Robert Altman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, I do love the rest of his films, so, I mean, I should probably watch it again as a grown-up. Yeah, let's, let's watch it. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Prince is on the soundtrack. That's probably why you loved it. Uh, yeah. Um, I think mine was, at the sleepover where I was too young to see it, was Aliens, which was still great film. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater, I'm pretty sure my dad took me to Terminator 2. Yes. Which such like, I feel such like if you're going to see film. the yes. first yeah. R-rated movie, I would want it to be Terminator 2. And like, it was at the second run film, so it would probably been out, second run theater, so it probably been out for a while, so... 91, I probably saw it in like 92. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome film. Yeah. Terminator um, 2 is so fantastic. That was great. Thanks, Dad. I'm not sure how you convinced Mom to <laughs> let me see that. Um, really, he probably didn't ask. He was probably just like, I'm going to yeah. take Jason. But I'm surprised your girls. dad took you to Terminator 2. Like, Terminator 2 does not seem like a your dad type of movie. Pretty awesome movie. It might have been the only way that he could have seen it. Because <laughs> yeah. maybe your mom wouldn't have gone with him. No, he needed someone yeah. to go yeah, with him. Yeah, I'm sure my dad would have gone by himself. Yeah. yeah. It's terrific. So, solid films. I'm curious to see what, well, yeah. with Netflix and everything, I'm sure Wes can... And I feel like I will always love True Lies. Like, no one yeah, it's a, ever... It's a great, it's a great movie. movie. No one can ruin that movie for me. I had a True so Lies good. t-shirt. <laughs> <You did. laughs> I didn't know they had t-shirts. So I would have bought one. At Kmart, they'll sell you anything. <laughs> So, oh wow! I mean, that like was it Jamie Lee Curtis like like, da- like stripping? Or was it? Uh, no, it was Ar- Arnie was doing something. I think he had like yeah. a you know, big gun. Oh yeah, you know, a kid with a gun, machine gun yeah. guy on the shirt, yeah, super well. And the riding in on a horse, near the elevator. Oh, yeah. oh, just everything about that movie I love. And were there what kind of terrorists were they killing? Right. Well, I was, should say it's extremely racist movie. <laughs> that, that has an age as well. Looking back at it. Uh, yeah, but lots of terrorism and nuclear warheads going but off. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining in this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's very exciting. And um, thanks again. Yeah. Just do movie podcasts more often. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If we saw more movies. No, <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun. And like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.